Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast, a convenient place where you can stay up to date on what's popular in the swine industry. By listening to Popular Pig, you will receive invaluable information on the latest trends, news, and research from various experts who guide the global pork industry. Popular Pig is brought to you by Swine Tech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. Popular Pig is also made possible by Johnsonville Foods, High Pork Genetics, Minitube, Brenneman Pork, Fibro Animal Health, Swine Robotics, Innovative Heating, and PigEquipment.com. Brought to you by American Resources. Welcome to the Popular Pig Podcast. My name is Matthew Rota, your host for today's episode. Today, we're joined by Shonda Sammons to talk about attracting, engaging, and retaining a high-performing team. How are you doing today, Shanda? Good. I'm doing great. Thanks. Thank you, Matthew, for inviting me to come in and join Absolutely. Me. Absolutely. You've given a few talks recently, and I'd say right now you are just on the, the train of talks. So you are, I hear always great things about what you have to say at these events and excited to have you share a bit of your wisdom and expertise today. Good. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. Yeah, it has been... Uh, a great time to be in the people business. <laughs> so <Yeah>. I'm excited. <laughs> so I'd love for you to start off just by giving us a little bit of a background on you, your role, and, and how you got involved in the swine industry. So um, I, the organization that I represent and work with is Ag Leadership Partners, which is a sister organization to 21st Century Strategic Forums. And I joined them four years ago when they were looking for a U.S. representative a program leader for their ag uh, leadership uh, forums. And they, the person who was leading those had a little bit of struggle of getting into the U.S. and when the borders got tightened a bit. And so I was fortunate enough to be selected. And fast forward four and a half years, we're on getting ready to start cohort five. And in the fall, and we do a lot of at organizational work around um, leadership development. Awesome. And I, my first four four years ago, I attended the first NPIC. So that was my introduction. Oh, wow. My background is in crop production. (laughs) So I got a a fast entry into uh, the swine industry and love it. So I really enjoy it. Could you highlight some of the challenges that producers are facing right now with labor and and people development, retention, all of that? That's a big answer. Do we, we have just 30 minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, just so, kind sorry. of an overview yeah. to, to set up yeah. all the other I, yeah, things we're going to yeah. go over. So some of the, those, the big struggles are attracting. And then once we um, get folks in, there is really creating a defined onboarding process which then leads to the retention piece. And once we're in the retention is area is how do we develop those employees so that they um, don't want to, to leave. And right now we're seeing some data around 73% of employees, if the right organization called, they would go. Hmm. And so that's creating um, a bit of, of havoc. So, um, There's a lot of discussion right now in what's going on and how do we prevent that from happening? So our discussions around and and our beliefs are that it is around the the development of leaders. 
And so there's a lot of discussion in what does that look like? Absolutely. And I guess when we look at this too, like times are changing. When we think about people switching jobs, I'm hearing in the swine industry, there's, there's private chat channels where people talk about their benefits, where they're at, the perk, the environment. And so employees all over the country are communicating with one another around where should I be? And mm-hmm. we've never really had that before. It's so transparent as to where individuals want to be. And, and it's transparent to them with each other, but not necessarily to those of us that are trying to find great talent. So it's, right. it's important to create that good experience because people are talking now more than ever. And, That's right. And they're looking for uh, the, the current uh, employees are looking for an organizations where there is a defined culture that they can align to. And that's, that's really important that you are uh, building your internal recruiting force through your employee. So building that advocacy because they are talking. And if that, if the, the talk is not positive about your organization, then people are staying away and not even applying. So you want to be very mindful that internally that that culture speaks to that you're supportive of your staff, that you're creating an environment where they can grow and develop. And there are plans that are clearly defined on what that career path looks like. So to start at the top, where should leaders be spending most of their time? Good question. This is where I'm seeing it right now. Because we're holding so tight, to our current, uh, our current employees, that oftentimes leaders are spending time with their squeaky wheels because they can't, they, there's a, a sense that we can't lose anyone. And what happens is when we're spending all of our time with our squeaky wheels, then our high performing, our high potential employees are getting ignored mm-hmm. because they're, they're out there doing the work. And those, that's where we have the biggest risk is those ignored employees are then willing if the right company calls to go. So we, we can't just abandon uh, those that aren't meeting minimum standards is to really overall, all employees want to have clarity around their expectations and want to tie those to their goals. So being really clear about expectations, creating an opportunity where people can build competencies and then get the opportunity on top of that to do their work. I always say, Employees love to collect their, earn their paychecks. And sometimes as leaders, we're, we step on and, and, and say, get out of the way and let me do it. <laughs> so it's really creating that influence so people can do that. And then 37% of our population of employees, they want a pat on the back. Yeah. And it costs nothing. It's free. So when we integrate those four components into our work, then employees at all levels benefit. And it's difficult sometimes for a producer or in anybody to sit there and say, I mean, where do I start? Like when you're looking at, at answering that question on what should they be thinking about, what's a great place to start? That's a really, that's a good question. So I, always, I, yeah, I like to start with ensuring that, that there is understanding around expectations and goals and they they do align with your, your core values. So if, if you don't have, you know, we always talk mission, vision, core values. If you, have to, if you don't have any of those, at least establish your core value. 
because those become your guiding post when you're recruiting and when employees are, when you're trying to retain that they can lean into. So ensure that those are solid and that you're setting the expectations that align with those, with those core values. Gotcha. So one thing when it comes to helping employees as a leader, it's estimated that roughly 80% of employees are not engaged in the workplace. So what can leaders do to help move that number in the right direction? You're asking me some really good questions. <laughs> so to, to start with is we, um, Ag Leadership Partners, we do subscribe to this assumption that leadership skills can be developed. So ensuring that your leaders have the skills um, needed to really um, set, uh, to work, to have in the workplace that people can align to and that they have the skills in communication. So here's what happens. There's a cadence to this. Employees, if you, as a leader, you want to be able to connect to those employees. And when we connect to employees, then there becomes a sense of belonging to the organization, to that team. And then when you have that sense of belonging, then you start to build trust. And that's really important that that trust exists so that there are going to be times when an employee may not always, uh, they may make a mistake, right? They may do yep. something. So when there's trust there, then that employee knows that they're not going to lose their job. It becomes a learning opportunity. On the other side with the, the leader, leaders aren't always going to do the right thing. They're going to make a mistake as well. So there is that, there is that reciprocation where fo the followership will say, you know what, that's not how they normally show up. So there must be more going on. So let's have mm -hmm. a conversation and and let's figure out what we need to do to, to, to move things forward. Which is easier said than done for some individuals. I mean, you really have to take a step back and think, no, I'm not going to react. I need to think for a second. Is that their normal behavior? And if it's not, what other questions should I be asking before I assume anything? And I think so many times when we're busy, we're putting out fires, and something goes wrong with an employee, we jump right to an assumption when really we should start asking more empathetic questions around, hey, this is not typically what happens. What's going on? Anything? And if, if not, yeah, we can address the issue, but they need to also feel safe, likely, right, to, to actually share mm -hmm. what's going on. Otherwise, it's just a never-ending cycle of, of disappointment for the employee and frustration from the employer. Absolutely. And then, then the time spent at work is looking for another job. Yeah. Right. And that's not what we want to have happen. So it's, it's, it is important. If you have an employee that's showing up and, and they're not behaving in a manner that you're accustomed to, then get curious and, and dig in and ask some questions. So, you know, so what's going on? You know, if you, I, I like to, to, I like to ask a lot of questions and I like to put the one thing spin on it. So if you could identify one thing right now that's creating some, some stress in your life, you know, what would that be? You know, how would you describe it? And then from there, leaders, then it's usually not the first thing that your follower will, will mention. From there, then it's so, and what else? And what else? And usually on that third time, that's, that's what's really, that's what's happening. And so it's asking a lot of questions. It's really listening and try to not to respond, listening to understand. 
And that's a big point to listening to understand, especially for the younger generation that I fall into and so many young professionals are in right now. It, it's different. Now, I'll throw out a couple of examples that uh, my dad really connected with. And that was our generation is going to ask why a lot. And we're going to ask why in situations that traditionally individuals in their 50s or 60s yes. might see as very disrespectful. Like, hey, I need you to go power wash room eight. Why? Because <laughs> I said so. That <laughs> is something that it's not being asked out of disrespect. It's truly mm -hmm. being asked to understand. And our generation gets gets called very sensitive or needy for, for feedback. And in, in some ways it is, but it's independent and dependent in very different ways than other generations. So can you kind of talk about some of the generational things you're seeing that maybe we need to be aware of when we think about that, asking the right questions? What I find a lot is, is that we tend to want to focus on the things that we're not aligned to, that we're not alike. Yep. And so I do a lot of speaking on the different generations. So I have a series of questions or scenarios that I'll bring up. And I'm seeing hands go up all across all different generations. So we're actually more alike than we are different. Which So that's, that's one aspect that I really want to encourage all professionals, whether it's early, mid, later stage professionals, to really look at, with that employee, look at where you're more alike. Find some common ground um, where, you know, where you can uh, align to that. And the why is not out of disrespect. It's to really understand because early and mid-stage professionals want to do it right. And if that why is answered, then that gives them the foundation to really understand what's expected of them. So if, if later stage professionals could get comfortable with expressing that why from the beginning and, and then create a dialogue around next steps, then those misunderstandings won't take place. Yep. And, and I would say this too, Matthew, is, is that we don't want to forget about our later stage professionals because that transfer of knowledge, creating the dialogue between the, the different generations where they can learn, the, the early to mid-stage professionals can learn from the later stage professionals, get their experience they have, the knowledge that they bring, and get that transfer and work together then we're going to stop looking at where we're not alike and look at where we are, yep. are, are aligned. That's, yeah, no, that's, that's a great yeah. point you bring up because we have a lot more people entering agriculture now that have no backgrounds in agriculture than ever before. I grew up, my grandpa raised pigs in the, on the yard. Uh, we had a couple hundred sows. My dad managed 4,000 sows or 8,000 sows on four 2000s, helped startups in North Carolina in the 90s. And so growing up, I was able to see the transition of how things were done. So I can understand what they're talking about, but I in no way have the experiences that individuals had in really making it. We are living in an awesome time where a lot of our experts in the industry built the industry. That's exactly They right. built all of it. Mm -hmm. And they learned through all of the phases of success and failure that when someone's walking in out of college or maybe in their 20, 20s like I am, if you didn't live it, then it's hard to picture and right. even if you did live it, you didn't, you weren't challenged by it. And so those real life experiences are things that young professionals really need to be asking questions around 
because it's it it is incredibly fascinating everything that happened from the late eighties to today. Yes, yes. <laughs> so much to learn. A, a lot to learn, and and asking for mentors in the in, you know as yes. a early to mid stage is seeking out your mentors. So I'm in the later stage uh, professional arena, and I have mentors that I that that I lean into still. And so that you you don't outgrow learning. So this is a lifelong journey. And so really finding and building your network of different peers and different generations can be so beneficial. And on the the early to mid stage uh, professionals listening here is is that ask a lot of questions um, around the way that it used to be because those stories are so important to learn of why the the later stage generation shows up in the way that they were the way that they are because there are things that happened that that aren't probably going to happen today and and so it just it, it just that sharing of the story is important yeah no that's great i dr tom stein uh, is a good a good mentor of mine and uh he told me stories about when he started pig champ and most producers told him ah there's never going to be a computer in a barn <laughs> and and just that it's like those things and and they come from everybody um there's everyone has a similar phrase or something they were told or heard that was dispelled or proven and it can really shape your perspective as we as we kind of move along here i'd like to talk about the development phase of the hr life cycle and and what do you see that looking like and then i'd kind of like to grow that into understanding how we maintain engagement of mid-stage professionals so the development stage, it, it is it it is critical. They're all important. They're all important. So I, I, I'm going to before we go to development, can I step back into even when we're attracting? Yes. Okay. Yes. So yeah. when we're attracting employees, it is it's imperative that we treat that that's that phase of it as if when we're interviewing, that that is the onboarding of that employee starts right then. So if we're interviewing someone, treat them as if they're your most valuable employee before they even start. Because one of two things, they come on, you've given them a great introduction into how they're going to be treated. And if they don't, then you create, we, we've always talked about boomerang employee. So if someone leaves the organization, they leave and, and we create a space where they can come back. We want them to come back. So boomerang recruiting is what well, I'm hearing a lot about it because if someone decides right now it's not the right fit and you've had they've had such a wonderful experience down the road they may be it may be a good fit for them in their career and they'll reach back out to you because they'll remember that always of how they were treated even when they decided not to accept the position so it's really important then we fast forward to the development stage having career you know having uh, plans that are laid out for what it looks like as you're going to progress through the organization. And if you don't want to move up, we have a lot of employees that want to be the best that they can be, you know, at the animal caregiver level, let's ensure that they have all the tools and all the opportunity to grow, to be the best in that, in that particular area. And then when we get into from there, the development to the retention side is, is that we, here's how it usually goes. We hire, okay, and then uh, we go all the way through and then they leave, right? So yep. in the middle, 
we might get a performance review at some point in there. So when we're in from the development to the retention phase is I'm seeing a lot of organizations do stay interview. And I'm really excited about them. So sorry if I get <laughs> yeah, explain, really explain a stay interview. A stay interview is when we're asking a series of questions to employees on around. So what are you thinking about on your way to work? That gives you a good idea right now where they're, where their head is, where, what they're thinking. Okay. If they're thinking about the stress of things at home, if they're thinking about there's a lot going on, there's chaos within the barn or there's chaos within the organization, then we can kind of, we, we can then have a discussion around what's going on. Mm. You know, if there's a, if there is a part of your job right now that straight away that you could eliminate, what would that, what does that look like? Oh, that's great. Okay. That's a good one. That's a talents to task. Do we have people aligned to the tasks that have to get done with the talents that they bring. And then one, two, when you're talking technology is, you know, what's one piece of technology that you would stop, want to stop using right now? Oh, that's okay. an interesting one. Yeah, interesting because we learn that we're oftentimes, we're not using our technology appropriately, right? We haven't trained on it because we know we, we need this technology so what more can we do to grow an understanding and how to use it and maximize? It? Absolutely. No, that's awesome. So when is the appropriate timing of that stay interview? Is there, can you use it too many times? Like what's the, what's the right way to kind of approach that? Cause first time anybody tries something, it feels awkward. So what is the it does. right way to start and that out? I, I definitely would encourage a um, a collaboration with your HR department in doing that and then training, because the first time you say we're going to do a stay interview, the first go-to for employees generally is, well, that's it. They're trying to decide who they're going to keep and who they're going to let go. So it, clarity around the intention of this is to really understand how do we best support you. And so what I generally see, if these are new coming in. And so I, my recommendation would be probably um, with your regular staff once a year, and then you may want to add, you know, uh, once someone's been on six months to, to a year, do one. You, you know, if you do one every single solitary year, uh, you may want to uh, look at the questions that you're using and mix those up a bit to really see where, you, where there may be some gaps in how you're leading. Gotcha. Yeah, they're new. They're, they're, we're starting to see them. They've been around for a long time. We're just starting to see them in agriculture being used. Do you, could you speak a little bit? So you talked about attracting, engaging, and retaining a high-performing team. Could you speak a little bit more on the retention side? Where do you think producers or our industry, what, what are we taking for granted? Or what, are we, what do we need to stop taking for granted? That, um, well, I'll say this a little bit backwards is if we don't create the message, then what happens is our followership, they write their own narrative. And so in the retention piece, being as visible as we can around what's going on with the industry, with their jobs, um, expectations, it, it all ties back clarity. So I, yeah. I use it. So anyone that spends any time with me will be tired of, they say, how many times a day do you say that? 
is a real understanding of those expectations and tying them to goals is critical. And that comes into play in all stages of the HR life cycle. Gotcha. No, that's actually something really great that you brought up. And I'll share an experience that I had because I think it might be relevant. The industry component. Okay. We started this podcast in many ways to reach the employees in the farm because many of them are not aware of everything else that's required to drive a successful industry and how big of a role they play in that. To them, it's they go in, they feed the pigs, the pigs go out the door, we got paid for the pig. It's much bigger than that. And I would say that back when I was working in the industry, growing up, I I didn't get involved with the industry much other than doing the job. And it wasn't until I got involved in the industry that I saw a longer term lifelong role in helping it become better. So it went from a hour in dollar out kind of thought process around what is my role in the industry to a, I can have an influence and an impact on the industry, but I had to get involved. I think a lot of producers are so worried about taking people out of the barns because we're so labor constrained that we're not giving people enough time outside of the farm involved in events to find and cult- to cultivate and grow that passion for the industry as a whole. I totally agree. Totally agree. It's tough though. Cause I, pigs got to be fed. That's got to exactly be cared right, for. Yeah. And I get and they that. Don't take it's a, just really hard. They don't take a vacation either. Right. So it's, it's 24 seven um, care around them. So it is, and it, it, there are peer groups that are out there. There are opportunities for all different kinds of conferences to send people. So I would have leaders think about those high-performing employees that they want to create that kind of opportunity for them and then encourage to listen to podcasts, to encourage, even bring them in and, and, and I'll, and I'll plug, you know, listen to your podcast over lunch, right. Uh, To, to really, and find ways to continue to educate. And I'll tell you something that is, is that we forget to do is something that gets taken for granted is there are a lot of wins in, in the, in the, throughout the day. There are a lot of wins that happen. And guess what? We never talk about the wins, those wins. We talk about the things that didn't go well. So I'm, I side on the, the optimistic, you know, looking at things from an optimistic, you know, perspective. And that is, is that I have one organization that on Wednesdays they get together and they, they share their Wednesday wins. Okay. That's nice. What was a Wednesday win? Right. And it can be as much as this saying nothing unexpected happened this week. Yeah. That's a win. That's a win for that employee, recognizing that that consistency, that chaos isn't going to work well for them. So looking at the wins and then then making the assumption that employees want to come to work and do the best that they can. Mm-hmm. So there are a lot of outside pressures, and I've seen this, and you have too, since the pandemic. And and there is a lot going on within the, the swine industry. There's a lot of pressures. And so really supporting employees in all aspects of their life, not just when they're at it, when they're at work. And so how do we, how do we meet them where they are, get really curious as a leader and ensure that they have what they need, they feel safe and they can come to work and take really great care, you know, of the animals and do their jobs to the best of their ability. People want to do that. They don't go through everything they have to go through to arrive at work 
and say, you know what? I think today I'm going to fail. You know, yeah, employees don't do that. Yeah, they're, they want to they do great things. And I know you're a big proponent of building a personal brand, strength finders, disc assessments, those types of resources. And I had a strength coach for a few years that I was able to work with. And one thing he said was, let's say growing up, when we get a report card, I have five A's and a C. What was the first thing our parents asked about? It wasn't, wow, you're amazing at art and math and science. It was, why do you suck at reading? Come on. (laughs) And it's like, why we, we should focus more on the things that we're great at and reinforce those strengths, build upon them and supplement with others right. the, our, our shortcomings as opposed to focusing on the shortcomings because it's unlikely that we'll probably burn out focusing on the things we're bad at and we'll likely not be nearly as effective for the overall organization or others. So that's right. You can't fix people. Yeah. If you, you can't fix people because really they're not broken. Mm-hmm. And so when we approach that from a standpoint of the complementary partnership is what you're talking about, Matthew, is, is that if we look for what people have as their strengths and they bring, and so we're matching those talents that they bring into the task, and then we, bring, and then we look at that as a, a collaboration on a team where everyone's in their sweet spot. So I, I always like to ask leaders, I said, are you, are you watching your employees while they're working? And if you are, and they're whistling while they work, they're in a good spot. Try to keep them in that spot as much as you can. And so that they're getting, they, they are contributing at where it's really good for them. And then that opens the door for them to want to do more. If they're in a task that is they're, they're not talented for, and it's not working for them, they're, they're going to be looking for somewhere else to go. And I would say to leaders within an organization, if someone's not doing well in one role, is look out and see what other opportunities are within your own organization because you you hired them for a reason because you thought they were going to fit. So find where they really fit. Absolutely. So as we wrap up here, I ask a couple of questions. The first one is what's something unique about you most people in the industry do not know? Oh, (laughs) Oh, that, ooh, that's a hard question. <laughs> uh, that's a hard one because I'm very transparent. <laughs> I guess you figure that out. Um, my husband works. This is uh, something that I have I've not on purpose kept a secret. When I went, when I did an interview, uh, when I was interviewing with 21st Century Strategic Forums, I did not share that my husband was a farm manager for oh. uh for Calmain Foods, and we actually lived um, on the corporate farm for several years. And so I really under, I understood and I understand the life of the, the animal caregiver. And so that was kind of a secret that I had that. Now, that's kind of out a little bit because the yeah. first time I shared that <laughs> with somebody, uh, Glenn Shields with 21st Century Strategic Forums, we got in the car and he's like, I cannot believe you did not tell us that your husband was a farm manager. <laughs> so kind of my secret weapon is um, I, all that experience. All that experience in there. Oh gosh, that's a really that's a hard question to ask. I'm really athletic. I like I love to kayak. Uh, I walk a lot. Um, that may not know. Boy, you stumped me. You didn't tell me you were going to ask me. No, that. I, I surprised people with that one. 
What's I love up? 70s music. I don't know if that would be a surprise or not because <laughs> What's your favorite band in the 70s? Uh oh, I have so well, Elton John is, there you go. was Elton John was is was one of mine and Heart was my first concert to ever go to. <laughs> so, and I ask these kind of questions by the way when I'm doing generational uh studies uh it, you know, in discussions is what's technology that was popular and you couldn't wait to get when you were growing up. So uh, our TV was a console on the floor and I and my brother and my sister, we were the remote. <laughs> yep. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah. For, I think for me, it was the, uh, the DVD player and the PlayStation two that I can remember. Those are the first ones, but what's a, what's the last one? I mean, what's a golden nugget, a word of wisdom that you'd like to share with people as, as we look at wrapping this up. Spend time with your, with your team. What I'm finding today is, is that we're all so busy getting tasks done and directing that we're not really sitting down to find out where our employees are on, from an emotional standpoint. And that's of all generations. So mm-hmm. we're, our, our followership has gone through a really tough time with the pandemic and with um, all the struggles that we've, we've been faced with in agriculture. So having conversations, um, I'll, I'll say this, is I, and I ask this a lot, is I, I would tell a lot about myself in the generational, um, when we have generational d- discussions. And then I'll ask leaders, I'll say, so uh, tell me who your top three employees are. You know, write them down. And then I'll ask them, so tell me something interesting about them. Tell me about them. And sometimes I'll have people scratch their head and say, I, I don't know. Are they married? Do they have children? What does the, their, the spouse, you know, what kind of career path do they have? You know, are there any, you know, what's happening with their families? And so as a leader, I would just recommend, not just, I would recommend really getting to know your staff so that you can, can lean into where they are and really support them because that will really build long-term trust and loyalty to you as a leader and to the organization. And a lot of people are going through a lot of things and we may learn something that they could offer the organization that we wouldn't have uncovered had we not asked some of these questions. That's great. Thank you very much for joining us on the Popular Pig Podcast. It's been a real pleasure. Thank you. I, re- I guess, can I say one thing? Yeah. This is my, my first podcast. So I guess that awesome. would be something that... <laughs> So I really appreciate the opportunity and I'm glad it was with you. And I, uh, I just appreciate this opportunity. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Popular Pig. We aspire to learn and grow together through the experience and wisdom shared by our esteemed guests. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and colleagues within the swine industry. For more information, please go to popularpig.com to receive updates when new episodes are available. Popular Pig is brought to you by SwineTech, the award-winning creators of SmartGuard and PigFlow. To learn how PigFlow can help you streamline your workforce and reduce piglet and sow deaths, visit swinetechnologies.com. 